a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to Facebook for that conversation they had with us in the preceding segment. Wonderful stuff coming out of that company, including money for Utah. There are grants that Facebook will be giving. That's on top of uh, and aside and apart from that big stimulus package that Congress passed and the president signed not too long ago. Uh, it's on top of and in, uh, apart from the stimulus 3.5, which is being negotiated in Washington right now. Uh, this is Facebook giving some of their money to uh, the Eagle Mountain community and other areas here in the state of Utah. Very grateful for that. Grateful for uh, what they're able to facilitate through their live products. Uh, particularly grateful to them for uh, what has been made available to faith groups, where the advice from the state and from the leaders is that we avoid social gatherings. Well, folks still want to worship their, uh, whoever it is they worship to, and one of the ways they're able to do so is via Facebook Live. That's a pretty noble thing, an impressive thing, uh, and a miraculous thing, if I'm honest. Anyway, let me turn my attention now to another ramification if you will, of this coronavirus. And it has to do with with, uh, a process within the justice system. You know the Constitution. You're familiar with that document. It's mentioned from time to time on this program. Uh, It grants us certain rights. Uh, One of those uh, is the the right to a a speedy trial. Now, speedy, that's a subjective term, and so there's a little bit of room to move around within there. But uh, it would seem that when the that same advice which prevents us from gathering with our uh, you know brothers and sisters of a similar faith uh, when that is applied to the justice system we would realize then that uh, well you know what it might be difficult and unwise and unprudent for a jury to assemble a jury of our peers to assemble it may be unwise and imprudent for uh, attorneys to gather up all in uh, in one room with a judge and uh, make the case uh, for or against uh, someone accused of committing a crime. Uh, and so the question is, are we, in light of the advice handed down by various health departments and government leaders at the state and federal level, are we uh, denied uh, a piece of our constitutional uh, rights when it comes to a, a speedy trial? And I, I don't know the answer. And so uh, producer Amy went to work helping me determine what that answer might be, and we thought, well, why not go to someone who uh, would absolutely know? Uh, on the line now, we have the Honorable Judge uh, Mark Corris uh, with uh, the third, third uh, District Court here in Utah, uh, oversees Salt Lake, Tooele, and Summit counties. Uh, Judge Sir, I'm grateful to you for making time for us. Uh, how about that? Let me ask you very basically. Uh, are, are folks still able to uh, get speedy trials? amid the coronavirus pandemic? Well, uh, obviously that's a very good question, and it's something that, needless to say, we've had to wrestle quite a bit with. Um, 
when you talk about trials, um, you're, we all have this vision in our head of, of a jury sitting and, and the regular trial that you might see on television happening, which we do obviously a lot of those. But understand that as far as the number of criminal cases that come through the system, um, we're talking less than 3% of the cases actually go to, to a jury trial and are tried. Um, matter of fact, if it even got to a position where even 10% would be tried, the system effectively would break down. So it operates um, uh, with with those constraints. So then the question is, okay, fine, we only have this percentage. Uh, what about people that want to have a jury trial right now? So what you're asking the courthouse to do is you're asking the courthouse to 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 have a judge order people to show up for jury, jury duty under the, the threat of contempt, which potentially obviously never does, but could, uh, potentially could have a person put in jail for 30 days and find uh, $1,000 if they don't show up. So people generally follow court orders, and we would have them, our, our regular process would be to assemble down in a large room downstairs we have where more than 100 people would be put in this room. They would see a video, they would have the process explained to them, and then they would be brought up to the courtrooms to be uh, selected as jurors. So given the fact that um, we understand right now that would be a very difficult thing to do, um, that said, knowing as well that that is such a small, small percentage of of what we do here, and as far as the right to a speedy trial, it applies to every part of the process. Um, what we've done is we've uh, tried to make the other 97 or 98 percent of the process continue to move along, and we've done that with a number of good strategies. I think um, one of them is we we have been able to connect electronically, which. I asked the people in my IT department what this would have taken um, if, if, in fact, we would have tried to do this before this, this pandemic happened, and they said it was a six-month project at least. Well, we got it done in about eight days. So what I do now is I go out in my courtroom. Um, there's no one in there, myself and my clerk. Uh, she turns the record on to make sure the whole thing's being recorded. I pull my screen up, and there I have a number of, of, of people that are represented, their faces represented, and it's a video feed. And I've got the jail. I've got uh, 10 or 15 defense lawyers all coming from their own houses or offices, depending on what their, what their plight might be. Um, I've also got prosecutors there. And we go through the calendar. We call these people. So all of these people, but for a jury trial, so the one we talked about before, everything else is happening. Uh, that, that includes preliminary hearings where people bring witnesses in, and we have the prosecutors bring witnesses to their office. If they're, if they're the ones that call the witnesses, um, they testify there right on the video. Uh, defense lawyers question them right there on the video. Then defense lawyers can, can speak with their client with a, with a phone uh, a lead that goes down to the jail. Um, and you can see, you know, it, it actually is it the very, very best scenario. No, it's not. It's not the very best of the, the old packed courtrooms with all the things going on in there. But that said, um, I think it, it does. It goes a long way to make sure that these folks' constitutional rights uh, are not going to be damaged. Um, as you know, the, the virus has hit the jail, as we thought it probably would at one point, and has raced through there. And they have a number of areas that's uh, cut off uh, and they're they're. That they're they're keeping the people separate, but nonetheless they've set enough uh, enough for us to they they set enough down there for us to keep working. So it works out perfectly. 
Uh, Judge, sir, I am so grateful to you for explaining this all to me. I have drawn most of my understanding of the goings-on of the courtroom from exactly as you mentioned, uh, TV and movies. Turns out that accounts for just 3% of the good work you do there, uh, and it sounds like you got a system in place. Uh, thank you for your work. Thank you for your service. And more than anything today, thank you for your explanation. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, my guest will be Tanner Ainge. He is a Utah County Commissioner, has some concerns about the future of the economy. He'll be my guest to explain some of those concerns. We'll discuss that next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.